Welcome back to another season of Self Love Lounge. I'm your host, Arena Antoine, and this is a place for empowered women to share their minds and hearts to the world. So grab your coffee, grab your blanket, get comfy, and let's get into it. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I'm here with Lisa Kowalik, and you are currently living in Mexico, which is so cool. Can you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been living in Mexico for about seven months now, and with, I mean, the state of the world and everything, um, everything kind of got transferred online, so I have the luxury of working anywhere, and I figured, why not be in a tropical, beautiful country? And a lot of my work is central or centered around natural medicine, and Mexico has a really rich culture in their like traditional healing methods and their nutrition um, kind of from like a more ancestral mm-hmm. perspective and so it seemed like the perfect place for me to be yeah, yeah that's so cool because Mexico is like the perfect place to work and also just like be with the beach and also the culture I feel like the culture is really like different compared to Canadian or Western culture absolutely the values here are a bit more how would I put it I guess wholesome and like family oriented and really health oriented once you once you kind of peel back the layers on the country and the culture um yeah as I said before their traditional practices and medicine and nutrition and community kind of all go together really beautifully for a health picture because I'm from an island as well and when we look at the difference between culture it's very much here it's very individualized but also there's a sense of community within that 100 percent. and even if you look at the blue zones around the world where you know they have the highest population of people who live over 100 mm-hmm. they always touch on diet and you know like their exercise routines and stuff but it's kind of the differentiating factor for them living to be so old and like healthy into old age is this aspect of community that we are just missing kind of in the western culture if you want to say and so yeah, Mexico just really beautifully puts that together. Yeah. And and my next question is how do we stay healthy or how do we achieve like a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it comes down to something different for everybody. But in my experience, because I do tell people kind of how to be healthy for a living in a way, mm-hmm. um, I, I find that we have so much focus on health in relation to our kind of our outer appearance. You know, we eat healthy because we want our skin to look nice or we want longer, better hair, or we want to be thinner or have more muscle kind of thing. And we always relate health down to this like external aesthetic, I guess, concept. And I find that is kind of where most people go wrong because if you're doing your health practices based on that, if you don't see results or, you know, the older you get, like those things kind of get harder to achieve and then people don't really stick to the routines. And so for me, kind of getting in those healthy habits and staying healthy is about... I guess, figuring out why you want to be healthy and kind of how you want to feel, not how you want to look, if that makes sense. And basing your choices on that. And Mm -hmm. I guess another thing to touch on too is we're also so used to instant gratification. We want things to happen now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, especially with like some social media and everything and um, a lot of the times health is the long term and what we do now like the stuff we put in our body the habits the exercise that we do it doesn't necessarily influence us right now it influences us 10 20 30 years down the line so I like to tell people to you know kind of see what do you want your life to look like in the future and are the habits you're doing now promoting that Mm -hmm. or or not and then kind of making routines built around that 
Yeah, because I really like when you said, you know, people look at how they look and not exactly how they want to feel when it comes to working out or staying healthy. So I think, do you want to explain a little bit about what does that mean to be or to feel healthy instead of to look healthy? Because I feel like everybody knows, you know, they want to be thinner or they want like a bigger butt or they want all these aesthetic stuff, but nobody really knows like what will it feel to feel healthy? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. To me, feeling healthy is you start your day happy, if that makes sense. Like you can mm-hmm. wake up without an alarm. You feel refreshed. You yeah. you don't wake up kind of dreading your day. And it doesn't really matter, honestly, what you even do in the day. Like if you like your job, obviously important, or if you, if you like or dislike your day today, but even kind of circumstance aside, you should be able to wake up and just like feel excited mm-hmm. and really refreshed. Um, and then also I tend to find that people who just feel good like a characteristic would be that you're just more motivated in life and especially now we're seeing so many different mental health diseases like anxiety and depression and I think a lot of a lot of that I mean obviously they're very physiologically based Mm -hmm. but just to like feel good that stuff can kind of start to resolve if if that makes yeah yeah because I'm I'm very much more on like nutritionist but also I don't really enjoy taking pills or anything like that I think I prefer like doing things like going to yoga or like doing things that I can but I really like to not take any pills not take any Advil like I'm not a believer on that but yeah like I love that you say like being happy in the morning and like that can literally help you throughout your day so I love to like you do some yoga or like do some Pilates or journal meditate I think that is so important absolutely and I think to expand on the just waking up happy I think once you start I guess becoming healthier or feeling healthier Mm -hmm. you almost feel a sense of like expansion within your body which is like a very visceral feeling and I think so many of us we on the day-to-day basis we feel like really contracted and kind of just like heavy and tired and so to me the feeling of healthiness is just kind of you not you're not physically lighter you just you have kind of a more yeah expansive lighter feeling to you yeah Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a little bit in terms of getting to know you, what was growing up like for you? And what were some goals that you had as a teen? You know, it's really funny that you say that because I didn't start, I guess, really having goals until I was in my 20s. When I was a teen and younger, I kind of was just going like my day to day and surviving. And I always thought that, you know, having a career or like this wonderful life was for other people, not for me. And so, yeah, even in high school, when everyone deciding what to go to university for it was never even on my mind because it wasn't something that I thought was meant for me and it wasn't yeah until I kind of you know got to know myself a little better broke out of like the thought patterns that I had back then that I started to Mm -hmm. yeah form goals and realize that I could have like a very wonderful life yeah and how did you decide that you wanted to be a clinical nutritionist to be honest that happened very organically it was never something that I like aspired to be. I remember when I was younger, I was, I was always into healthy eating and, you know, I would always try and get my family to buy the skim milk over the whole milk, like, you know, those kinds of (laughs) things. And my grandma one time told me, oh, you'll make a great like nutritionist or dietitian one day. And Mm -hmm. that was like maybe the first seed, but I actually studied kinesiology in my undergrad and was set on the 
path to get my master's, flip it to a PhD, do something in the exercise sports medicine realm. And then I just randomly found this program one day and something just clicked. And I yeah, basically said goodbye to that life very instantly, packed up my things, moved to Vancouver and studied nutrition. Yeah, that's so cool. I think a lot of young people, they feel like they have to figure it out like right away. And it's like you're time restricted and they're kind of stressing about where should I go? And like even when they're in this like bachelors of you know science or arts or whatever, and then they decide that they don't want to do this. This is not what they like. And they feel so, um, I guess, defeated because they feel like they wasted their times or they wasted money on something they didn't enjoy but I feel like if everybody just gets to know themselves and do soul searching or even just if you don't want to go to school don't go to school yet you know like travel or do something that you love because that's where you start to resent all of these external influences and external expectations that you didn't want to be a part of. Exactly. I think the point that you touched on like just get to know yourself is the best thing that you can do because from a very young age, pretty much when we're brought into the world, we are kind of taught what the traditional model of success is. You know, you mm-hmm. go to school, you graduate, you get married, have a house, you have the job, the children, and we're just taught that that's exactly what we want. And we're never given the opportunity to actually decide if that is mm-hmm. what we want or if we want to do it in that order. And you know, we're kind of taught what jobs are acceptable and what jobs aren't, what's yeah. possible for you, what's not possible for you. And yeah, we just never get to explore what we actually want. And we're so clouded with yeah the external expectations of our parents, our teachers, our peers of yeah what it means to make it in the world that we just don't take the time to like actually sit with ourselves peel back all the layers and be like oh this is what I want to do yeah exactly obviously when you're in that place where you find like your dream job or even if it's like your dream city that you're living in I think it's everything that happened to you or whether it was good or bad it was it was meant to be and for you to lead to the dream job that you wanted you had to go through little challenges that we all go through Do you agree Mm -hmm. on that? 100%. I think that there's this idea that like struggles and challenges are bad. And I kind of like you said, I really do believe that they're there to teach us lessons so that we can work Mm -hmm. through things so that we can show up in our dharma or purpose or our careers the way that we're meant to and we can kind of influence the people that we're meant to. And I believe that our struggles and challenges, they also um, give us the ability to have empathy for people. And to be able to relate in a more kind and human way and just understand that we're all kind of doing the best that we can and to kind of slowly helps us remove the judgments from people if we're able to look at our struggles from kind of like a bird's eye view. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of the struggles you had and how did you overcome them? A lot of the struggles I've had, I think are fairly typical of like kind of Mm -hmm. the Western uh, model of life. Like when I was younger, my parents had a pretty traumatic forest and so you know growing up between blood households and just um obviously that kind of shapes how you look at everything and also just like not knowing exactly like who I was and really trying to fit in I think you know the fitting in piece was probably my biggest struggle for most of my life that's all I did was conform myself into this like model that I thought was acceptable that was normal and especially because I grew up in like with a, a split up family 
which is fairly normal nowadays, but it, I was kind of the only one in my friend group uh, when I was younger that was going through this. And so I just wanted so badly to be seen as normal, you know, like right. I was fine, everything's fine. And so, yeah, I would just try and really fit myself in to what I thought everybody else wanted me to be. And because mm-hmm. I was very young when that happened, that carried on until like my early 20s until I realized that, oh, okay, this is actually <laughs> not who I am. I don't want to do these things. Yeah. And so to, but to overcome the challenges I faced in my life, it's always been kind of through mentors and stuff and just realizing that it's okay to like not be okay and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to like work through things yeah absolutely because I feel like when we're young it's like you have to be perfect or there's this like I guess little voice in your head that's saying like you have to be perfect this is the perfect you know job or this is what we're supposed to do you know have a family get married have the job and all of this but in reality it's like a roller coaster to what your life is going to be and you don't really know what you're going to do yet or even if you think you know like there's going to be a better option waiting for you at the finish line I just think that people should just enjoy the process that we're all in this world because I used to have this like structured um lifestyle where it was like I'm gonna be a lawyer by 25 I'm gonna be engaged by 22 and then I'm like 21 now and I'm like oh I do not want to be engaged at 22 I do not want to I'm not gonna find my dream job at 25 I think I'm still gonna be in school like it's just like everything kind of shifts completely and then you're just kind of in this mindset where you're trying to figure it out and that's okay to still be able to figure things out absolutely you know when I was 20 I was the same thing I was like I will be engaged by 22 like two or three children by the time I'm 25 we'll have the house and everything and now it's you know I'm 30 so quite a advanced age from when I was 20 and my whole mentality on everything has shifted and if Mm -hmm. my life would have gone the way that I predicted when I was 20 I honestly think I would be miserable Mm -hmm. right now (laughs) And, and yeah that's the thing I I find for me in my 20s, you change so much. Even from four years ago, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And you you go through all of these phases. And for me, I also, yeah, was so regimented. And like once I finally went to university, I had my plan of what I was going to do, where I was going to be. And then I just kind of was like, you know what? Maybe if I should just let things flow. And even when I studied nutrition, Mm -hmm. I assumed I would be a clinical like sports nutritionist. I wanted to like infiltrate like the big leagues that my plan was like, you know, go for the Canucks, like all of these things. (laughs) And now my life looks totally different. It's nothing that I planned. And it's better than I ever could have imagined. Yeah, that's so cool. But can you tell us a little bit about clinical nutritionists? Like what is something that we should all be doing in terms of health and staying healthy, especially during school, since school is starting? Absolutely. Um, You know, I think for everyone, it's so individual, but there are those kind of basic principles that everybody should follow and that are safe for everyone to follow. Right. And they're so basic. It's a hydration, you know, Mm -hmm. like, your water intake is pretty much correlated to every little bit of your health because it makes, I guess, basically you need water to have adequate stomach acid, which helps you to actually break down the food. It helps you to stay kind of alert. And it's kind of the number one thing I see in my practice is people just aren't drinking enough water, which is uh, kind of baffling. And (laughs) And it's such a simple fix and we all know to do it, but we just 
don't when you're saying water like i i don't know if i read this correctly but there's like hot water and then there's water and apparently if you if you eat and then you take hot water it's easier to digest than the cold water um so yeah to speak to that the water that you consume should actually be room temperature and like you know tea and stuff is great or like the warm water with lemon mm-hmm. But typically speaking, you do want to be consuming room water or room temperature water. Yeah. And um, another kind of mistake I see people making is having fluids like around meal times, which is actually quite detrimental because it dilutes your stomach acid. And so um, you kind of want to have like a half an hour window before you eat and after you eat where you don't consume any liquids. But then Mm -hmm. when you're not eating, you want to be drinking a ton of water. Okay, yeah, Yeah, that's definitely very important because I feel like people definitely forget to do that because when we're having dinner or something, they'll have like a glass of wine or water with it and you just feel more full than when you're just eating. And it's such a normal thing too, you know, you go to a restaurant and the first thing they do is pour your water so then it's yeah. there and you drink it. But yeah, that's kind of one of the most like basic fundamental things I always teach is just stop drinking water around mealtime and most people notice their digestion improving like pretty much instantly, like within a week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after the water, what else should we be focusing on? I like to tell people just a, a whole foods-based diet. I feel like a lot of the times with all the marketing and stuff that goes on mm-hmm. it eating healthy seems really hard and when you like kind of just strip everything back and take it down to the basics it's like if it comes from the earth good if it comes in a package probably not so good yeah. and there's a lot of you know marketing around vegan gluten-free all of these words that we associate with health but at the mm-hmm. end of the day most of those products are processed and yeah. they're meant to be used in moderation but many people kind of think that it's healthy and so then they start to like over consume them and so I say strip it down and just eat as much fresh food as as you kind of can and avoid things that come in a box and especially if they're marketed as healthy yeah they likely aren't yeah because in terms of fruits is it better obviously it's better to go to like a farm like blueberries like right from you know where they're grown instead of buying them at the groceries definitely and if you can eat from like your local farms because you're reducing the amount of transport that the food has gone through and many times when you're buying it from a store it's picked prematurely and then it's ripened on the way to the store so the nutrients aren't as high but with that being said it is really difficult to always be buying from the local farms and I know in BC it's really easy but say you're in somewhere like Saskatchewan maybe not so easy and cost also becomes a thing yeah but um, a, a trick I like to use there is frozen fruits are amazing because frozen fruits are picked at the peak of ripeness and then they're instantly frozen. And so mm-hmm. typically speaking, the nutrient profile of the frozen fruit is going to be a lot higher than you can find in the conventional grocery stores. Mm, okay, interesting. That's actually yeah. really interesting. I didn't know that. And so when we're talking about you know fruits, vegetables, and all of that, and then there's also meat. Because meat can be, I don't know, like some people are vegetarian, some people aren't. I personally was vegetarian for about two months. And then it kind of became hard to do that when you're the rest of your family is just not vegetarian. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I think there's this misconception of like red meat is bad for you. And then 
chicken like we're not supposed to eat it like we're not really meant to be eating chicken like what's your intake on in terms of meat yeah it kind of fluctuates to be honest um i was vegetarian for about eight years and i'm not anymore and so i used to be very pro vegetarianism obviously but kind of the more that i've researched the more that i learned in school and more importantly the more clients i work with i have just kind of realized that everybody is so different yeah. and we all have different needs and i have some clients who do really well on a vegetarian vegan diet and i have yeah. other clients who feel really terrible when they do that and yeah. so i think it is about really getting to know your like getting to know your body figuring mm-hmm. out what works for you and doing it very consciously i mean on a like global environmental scale, the factory farming of animals is not good. And, you know, to eat the organic, um, like kind of pasture to plate type animals is really expensive. And so kind of with everything I like to, as a general guideline, it's just everything in moderation and know what feels good for you and try different things. You know, like if you are curious about vegetarianism, try it and see how you feel. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I do find that people do overconsume meat. We don't need as much as, you know, we've kind of been taught by like the Health Canada guidelines yeah. and kind of the governing bodies on that. But yeah, I think it's very individual, but with the, I mean, kind of the toxins and the hormones that are mm-hmm. generally found in animal tissue, it is best to consume less. Less, yeah. Because also there's like this organic and then non-organic. Like, what does it even mean to be eating something organic? Like, is it even worth doing that or are they both the same? Um, my perspective is that organic is always going to be better just because, I mean, in organic farming, you can, you like, you still can use some conventional products, mm-hmm. um, like pesticides and stuff, like on a very small scale. But generally speaking, organic is always going to be better because in conventional farming, whether it's, you know, crops or animals, the the pesticides and the chemicals that are used, um, all of this research is coming out just in the past little while, actually, about Mm -hmm. the really negative effects. And so there there is some merit. If you look at all of the research, it kind of is 50-50 on like whether organic is better or not. But then uh, you kind of have to get into like the funding, where is this coming from? And have there been like long-term studies? And from what I'm seeing, uh, a more organic diet is ideal but it's not as important as like what kinds of food you're consuming Mm -hmm. okay yeah and in terms of exercising because there's so many ways to you know you can go to the gym but personally I'm not a person that enjoys going to the gym I just feel more like bored I prefer (laughs) going to like a class that you know there's a bunch of people and then there's um you know a teacher that's there that's motivating you how much time do you think that we're supposed to be exercising Uh, it's it's funny you brought this question up in my undergrad I actually my thesis was based on this concept that we need to exercise far more than the Canadian guidelines say (laughs) yeah and I had a professor um, who was part of my study she told me that basically my work was never going to get published because people already don't exercise enough and so to tell people to do it more is kind of going to be counterproductive right and so this is a subject that I have researched a lot and mm-hmm. I think formal exercise you know we should be doing a few times a week kind of every second day yeah. but more important than that I think it's our lifestyles that kind of need to shift and we need to just be more not active but we need to have more movement and in our day-to-day lives and that's going to be more important than like the actual like going to the gym exercise right. yeah um like for example in mexico here 
there are gyms, but most people here don't go to the gym because everyone, you know, they we walk everywhere, right. go swimming at the beach, and like the lifestyle is just completely different. Mm-hmm. And Mexico as a whole um, kind of has one of the worst outcome health outcomes in all of the world. Oh. But in the coastal town I live in, everybody yeah. is just yeah super fit by nature of their lifestyle and I think that's something that's a lot more important than having the structured exercise and I also think it's very important to yeah find something that you like if you are going to the gym you know five days a week and you hate it and like good your body might like look good and like maybe physiologically you're getting a lot of benefits but Mm -hmm. the like psychological impact of doing something you hate day after day after day is eventually going to catch up to you anyways exactly yeah so I think it's mostly about just making your lifestyle more conducive to movement and just kind of moving when you can and finding those activities that you enjoy yeah absolutely and you do a lot of do you do a lot of natural medicine I do, yes. A lot of my work is in the nutraceutical sphere, so supplements and yeah, yeah, orthomolecular medicine. I remember when I had really bad acne and I would go to the doctors, they wouldn't really say like, okay, you need to drink more water, like, you know, like the basics things that we could be doing like eating healthier like all of this stuff and I also I also was like 13 so I was also going through puberty but of course yeah (laughs) so I remember there was this thing called like Accutane and uh yes (laughs) like the doctor herself didn't recommend that she was saying like if you really need it like you can but you know that could be like dangerous for like your liver or like something within your body. I remember she said your lips are going to be dry, like your face is going to be dry, like it's going to be a really bad process to go through. And to me, like that never was something that I wanted to do like at all. And there's so many different things that you can do for acne that I didn't even know until like now where I'm like learning about it as I'm searching things to do. Like there's like treatments, like beauty treatments that you can do, or you can obviously diet, not consume a lot of cheese and like milk and like dairy and yeah what do you, what is your intake on acne yeah I think it depends where the acne is coming from of course um mm-hmm. because yeah. it can be like a food it can be something as simple as a food sensitivity it can be hormonal it can be like increased oil production it can be a liver not problem but like it could mean a congested liver um it could mean that you have like some sort of like digestive issue like your nutrients aren't getting absorbed and so typically when I have clients who have yeah skin problems or acne we always start with kind of a basic elimination diet and then we go in and we just like heal the digestive tract completely and then start reintroducing things. And I find that typically speaking, um, acne goes away very quickly with dietary and like a little bit of herbal intervention. It's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions when you have acne, to be honest, like you're really like, you know, your (laughs) self-esteem is so low. You feel like everybody's staring at you, but everyone's going to go through it at least once in their life. They're going to have acne or if they're lucky, if they're like that 1% that just doesn't have it because their mom or their dad never had acne, like good for you. (laughs) Most of us will go through like this awkward stage where you just have so much acne on like your forehead or like your cheeks or you have back acne like you're just going through the hormonal change that you know we all experience absolutely but it does it takes a hit on your confidence your self-esteem like kind of how you show up in the world and and then you know when you're kind of going through puberty or like your teens early 20s and it's happening even though it's really having a large effect on you you're like oh it'll go away it'll go away but if it's something that's not just like that hormonal transition that will normalize itself if it is like a bigger hormonal imbalance mm-hmm. or any of the things I mentioned and it kind of continues into 
later life, there's a lot of stigma around that and yeah. people are even more self-conscious and oftentimes, and yeah, you know, going to doctors and dermatologists and you get creams and like all of these external things that yeah. you can put on. But one thing that I like to talk a lot about is that your skin and like at this stage, you know, it's like the acne and stuff, mm-hmm. or as you get older with say like premature wrinkles and everything, it mm-hmm. just shows what's going on on the inside of the body because your skin is a mirror for the, the physiology on the inside. So when things are showing up on the outside, it's a pretty good indication that there's something just not quite right going on on a biological level. And then so you Mm -hmm. go in and you fix that, you see improvements in the skin. But not only that, you set your physiology up to kind of proceed through life in a healthy way. Because if you just mask it with like the creams and stuff, whatever that biological thing that is going on, if that's not resolved, you're going to increase your risk for chronic disease down the line. Yeah. And also in terms of like women, like women and losing belly fat, I feel like that's probably like the hardest thing that women can like lose. Mm-hmm. And what's like the best way for women to be able to do that? Tricky question, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because um, there's probably millions ways to to do that. It's true, but yeah, I guess when it comes to like the like abdominal fat, a lot of the times it's due to hormones and like particularly to stress, and yeah, so yeah. it's really hard to kind of. It's actually impossible to be like I only want to lose fat on like in one specific area, and with women too, because biologically we're meant to like have a little like extra around like the hips and the, yeah. the abdomen for like reproductive purposes. Yeah, but I think like one. Once you just kind of start yeah, normalizing the physiology, getting rid of the stress and correcting hormone imbalances, it tends to just like normalize if, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. But a lot of the times, yeah, it's the stress and, and the hormones, which is right. why women typically see that. And then to go like a little deeper into it, sometimes like excess um, adipose tissue or fat tissue can mm-hmm. actually be a result of toxic exposures um, that we have on a daily basis because toxins like can't just float around in the bloodstream. That's very dangerous. So they have to hide and they hide in fat cells. And so it can make it a little more prominent if you right. have a lot of toxins. So generally, yeah, hormones, stress, reduced toxic load and things kind of just work themselves out without having to do much else. Mm -hmm. This is like really interesting to know. So just to wrap this up, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I would probably say to that it's like okay to ask for help. I think we kind of grow up in this way that yeah, like we were talking about before, everything has to be perfect. You have Mm -hmm. to be perfect. Like nobody can know that you're struggling because you have to have this outward persona. And so to me, I would just tell myself like ask for help. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Everybody struggles it's normal and like the sooner you kind of like speak about things or ask for what you need um the sooner things can resolve and I guess like to speak on that a little bit more um like find a mentor mentors are great whether it's in like personal development someone you just look up to in your career to have somebody who has a little more life experience than you like it it does wonders and it kind of just it's like a catalyst for whatever area you need improvement in and Mm -hmm. Like I kind of just started taking like mentorship seriously maybe five years ago and like the amount that's happened for me in five years is pretty like inconceivable to like my younger self. And so, yeah, I would say it's okay to ask for help and get a mentor. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge and also just educating us. I feel like I learned something new that I'm going to apply to my life like tomorrow. (laughs) Amazing. That makes me so happy. (laughs) 
Yeah. So where can listeners find you on social media and do you have any current projects that you're currently working on? Yeah. So I have an Instagram account. Uh, it's live well with lease. My biggest project at the moment is I, I co-founded a company. We're called Fiore Health Academy and we basically make online courses and service an online education platform for all things health and wellness, mostly nutrition and functional medicine. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. And now to all the listeners, I'm just curious, what's your story? 